At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number two of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi here on this Saturday, January 27th here. We had a fun first hour on the show. we got a fun second hour coming up on deck for you guys. 15 minutes from now, Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl, will join us. Senior Bowl week is next week, and we will ask him about some of the prospects that they have. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, all these guys. Spencer Rattler will be at the Senior Bowl, so the NFL coaching staffs will be able to get their hands on those guys and be able to evaluate them, go from classroom to the playing field, which is always a lot of fun down there in Mobile. But Michael, before we begin our coaching matchups and looking at the spotlight of the head coaches versus each other, the coordinator battles, wanted to touch on Jim Harbaugh going to this Los Angeles Chargers. That news came out earlier this week, but we haven't discussed this for our weekend audience. Home run hire, in my opinion, for the Los Angeles Chargers, getting Jim Harbaugh to come in there and, and build some culture for a team that's desperately needed it over the last three to four years. Yeah, they've been a team that has been in the tactical mentality, right? Bring, bring in a play caller, you know, play caller offense, play caller defense, and now they've hired a team builder. And I think oftentimes when teams are in the search of, for a head coach, they fail to really understand what they need, right? You know, you see it all over the league. Atlanta hired Raheem Morris. They were actually good on defense, right? But, you know, they think Raheem's going to rebuild the culture. Maybe he can, maybe he can't. We see Tennessee hired a quarterback guru to help Will Levis. See, there's always, you have to identify what you really think your problems are, right? And I'm not sure, I'm not sure that uh, some of these teams really understand their problems. But for the Chargers, I think they did. For the first time in a long time, they actually got it right. Like they actually understood they need some they need someone to bring mental toughness to their team. They need someone to bring physical toughness to their team. They need someone to bring demanding discipline to their team. And what they got with Jim Harbaugh was a team builder. Most people feel like Harbaugh's a a guy that is because he played quarterback in the NFL, he's a tactician play caller. No. He's involved with the offense. He's involved with the defense. He holds the coaches accountable. He's an old school coach. He's an old school NFL coach who's going to coach all three phases. And the team is going to adapt his personality. So, look, this is a big time hire for the Chargers. And I think it gives them a chance to compete against the other big time coaches in the AFC West in the terms of, you know, Andy Reid and in the terms of Sean Payton. That division is going to be loaded with coaching names there. You mentioned the two of them, the Hall of Famers there, the Raiders. They hired Antonio Pierce, so it's going to be a really interesting division. The Chargers, I'm curious to see what their betting odds are going to be to make the playoffs because it feels like every year they're around like that minus 125, minus 130. Is this going to be minus 160, minus 165 with Jim Harbaugh now? Because I think there's going to be a lot of just optimism with this being a big upgrade from a head coaching standpoint. And then you pair that with the quarterback, Justin Herbert, who the betting market has like for quite some time now, I think this is going to be kind of the team that a lot of betters gravitate towards throughout this offseason. 
Well, I mean, look, they just hired a coach with a 71% winning percentage of the National Football League counting playoffs, yeah. right? You know, he took a team that was 6-10 and 10 from Mike Singletary and turned it into a 13-win team with Alex Smith at quarterback. He made Alex Smith a better player. You know, and so and then they drafted Kaepernick to replace Smith and he actually made Kaepernick a better player when he had Kaepernick. So to me, it's all about building the culture, building the team, doing what's right. I think this is a, they're they're going to have a really good chance. Now, who he hires a defense coordinator going to be critical. I would assume he's going to bring Jesse Minner with him from Michigan, who did a wonderful job there. But Sharon Moore got the Michigan job. I don't know how many of those guys are staying in Michigan. Uh, Moore deserved that job. He did a tremendous uh, way of handling it. He was great. I, I, what I admired most about him was his willingness to pass the credit back to Jim. It, very selfless as a leader. Really impressive, impressive man that he did that. And I'm happy that he got the job. Now, who does he? Who leaves and who stays? That remains to be seen. But they're going to have to improve defensively, and they will. There'll be more. Uh, there'll be more attention to fundamentals and details under Jim than there would be under the great tactician Brendan Staley. You saw right as the news was announced there that Jim Harbaugh was taking the Chargers job. A lot of the Michigan players were tweeting saying, hey, like, we got to get Coach Moore. Like, like th there shouldn't even be an interview process. Name him the head coach. Right. That's our guy. And it speaks volumes in the locker room, especially a Michigan locker room that you said the word that you told me last summer and you said it all throughout the season. The program was connected. Like the Michigan connected. Wolverines were connected. And you see that once again here, they just put their full support behind Sharon Moore, who's taking a job that that's a difficult job. Michigan, like there's obviously Ohio State has a lot of competition coming Penn State's over there now you get Oregon and Washington coming to the Big Ten and everything there like it's a, a, a big boy job and Sharon Moore is up to the task and the, the players most importantly believe that he's the right guy for the job well look let's be clear here Michigan Ohio State the uniforms recruits right the, the, there's kids that grow up in the Midwest that want to be blue there's kids that grow up in the Midwest that want to be Buckeyes, right? So, and there's and there's a pool of talent all over the country that has that sense. So, it really comes down to selection at those schools. The and they have plenty of NIL money. I think I think I think Ohio State might outspend some of the NFL teams on money this year. So, <laughs> uh, you know, there's no doubt that they are going to get talent and more. Watched Harbaugh. I think part of the thing that really makes a difference is is the ability to understand and learn from a really good head coach. I mean, Campbell benefited from his time around Parcells. There's no denying it. Sean Payton benefited from his time. Belichick benefited from his time. Kyle Shanahan benefited from his time around his father. You know, so when you have that, John Harbaugh benefited from his time around his father and other coaches he worked for, Andy Reid. Experience does matter, which is fascinating because when, when, you, when you look over the league, you know, everybody's in the rush to hire the next Sean McVay, right? But nobody really understands where McVay came from and how he was kind of, if you, for lack of a better words, he was created. And I think what Walsh said years ago in Paul Zimmerman's book, The Thinking Man's Guide to Football, he said, everybody thinks the 32-year-old knows everything. But he said, I was a better coach when I was 52 than I was at 42. And I was a much better coach at 52 than 32. And why did he say that? He said, because the level of competition made me better by competing, by having more battles, right? By having more scars made him a better coach. And I think that's what we're going to see out of Jim Harbaugh. He's got, he's been through some battles. He's experienced. He's ready to go. And he's not going to run the team from an offensive standpoint. He's going to run the team from how do we win this game today? experience oftentimes is the best teacher and I know it's cliche but it's cliche because it's true and it's hard to anticipate probably we always talk about anticipating problems down the line as a head coach it's hard to anticipate when you don't really know what to expect and you usually get that stuff from experience and that's where we see a lot of these coaches able to thrive later on in their career let's get to this weekend's coaching battle you mentioned it John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator for Andy Reid in Philadelphia for quite some time now they're meeting in the playoffs for the first time mm -hmm. as the head coaches of the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs respect how do you see this coaching battle kind of coming into fruition tomorrow afternoon when they two uh, take on each other? Well, I think Harbaugh, you know, I, I, st I still actually back here, I have his notebook before he became a head coach that he put together. He sent to me to review as he was getting ready to have these interviews, right? So John wanted to be a head coach from a very early age. His dad was a head coach. He comes from a coaching family, right? And so he understands the job of the head coach. 
And he also worked for Andy, so he knows how Andy thinks. He knows how Andy wants to operate the team. He knows Andy's aggressiveness. He knows what it's going to take to beat Andy, what gives Andy trouble. So this is a matchup where both teams kind of know one another, right? But this is a different Baltimore team. This is a very different Baltimore team. And Spagnola is going to be challenged because of that. And so is Andy Reid going to be challenged because as he calls the plays against Mike McDonald, that's really where the game is going to come. And McDonald's had time to study the last three games. For McDonald's is not going to spend any time on the Raider game. He's not going to spend any time on the Pat. The last three games are what this chief offense has become. You know, they really are. Mahomes is much better. He's more patient. He's taking profits. He's not trying to force the ball. He's not holding the ball, right? He's not holding the ball. And he's trying to find, he's trying to make the plays. And Andy Reid's calling a Canadian game. He's trying to get first downs and two downs, which is really good. So that chess match between the two is going to require adjustments. And it's going to require a second half adjustment. And I think McDonald has enough pieces to fix the adjustments, whereas I think Andy Reid, offensively, they're not explosive. They're going to run out of adjustments. They're going to run out of that. And without Tooney at left guard, you know, all of a sudden now, does this affect the inside pressure? I think that's going to be the key. Yeah, no, that's like what I really want to see is this Kansas City offensive line holding up against what has been like a creative defense. McDonald's been throwing all sorts of different stuff at these teams and and they blitz and they and they, and that's what they're going to do. And yeah. that's kind of how they go down swinging. I mean, even when they're up big, they're blitzing where most teams kind of go into prevent defense. They're like, oh, we're going to keep sending pressure. This is what we do. This is who we are. And it's, it's been and a really they good attack defense. protections. Here's where McDonald has an advantage, right? You know what? What people think when they use the term blitz, they think that it's just a random we're blitzing you it's like high school okay we're going to blitz no 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 we want to attack your protections we know you don't want to get kelsey in protection so we know that if kelsey's in the game he's probably in the route we'll treat him like a receiver so now this is the protections that you use in those situations and we know that if we force you to have to reroute the protection because of the crowd noise we're going to have a better chance and that's where mcdonald gains his advantage right that's the game within the game, right? It's how do you adjust, how do you handle the blitzes when you've re when you pointed the mic and it's the wrong mic to point? When they know that Kelsey's not in the protection game, right? Well, it's why did Kelsey throw his helmet against the Raiders? Because they kept trying to put Kelsey in the protection. He wanted nothing to do with it. He wanted to get out the route. And so they've worked around that issue over the last three weeks. So that's where McDonald's really good. He's not blitzing to blitz. He's blitzing to attack the protections. And when you do that, you can get home and you get a free runner. Great matchups. And, and they've been able to do that for the Baltimore. I mean, they're, they're getting really good play out of Jadavian Clowney. I remember we, we talked about yeah, that signing I mean, in August. Better. Like, I was like, oh, what he is must this be, be healthy. He must have had some kind of regurgitation to his knee or rejuvenation to his knee because he's always had knees and shoulders and he's never looked like the first pick overall. He's he's much better. Admittedly so. Yeah, he looks really good for the Baltimore Ravens, and they need it on that front there. All right, we'll get to Jim Nagy. Coming up next, your executive director of the Senior Bowl joins us on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guaranteed. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash you will get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Sounds like a great deal if you ask me. This is the Lombardi line here on the <laughs> DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi here on this Saturday. And joining us now to get us ready for what's going to happen next week in Mobile, Alabama. We're bringing in Jim Nagy, Executive Director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Jim, we appreciate you joining us as always. And I'm really curious because the dynamic of this year's Senior Bowl has changed. Senior is in the name, but this is the first year you guys have allowed underclassmen to also play in this game and participate throughout the week and get to to know some of these NFL teams. Have you guys seen a number of underclassmen take advantage of that opportunity? And how has that kind of changed, I guess, the pool of talent that you guys are seeing upcoming this week? Yeah, first off, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Um, yeah, I've been I've been telling people these are the best rosters. I can just speak to the six years I've been here. They're they're our best rosters, but and they should be. <laughs> you, you're, you have the ability to bring in underclassmen. You should have some pretty darn good rosters. So, yeah, we've got about 20 juniors in the game this year, some uh, the, the DB, the, the the DB group really got got bolstered by that by the underclassmen thing. I think we have five safeties in a corner. Um, no, it's it, it's helped tremendously. We've you know you're taking basically essentially taking 20 guys off the bottom end of your roster, which for us is usually you know middle to late day three players, and then you're replacing those guys with with most of these juniors are top hundred players. So yeah, it's it's had a huge impact, and it, the senior bowl's always had a lot of star power in it, um, but the new junior rule will help. I want to know, how, how, do you eat the Reese's peanut butter cups all year round there? I mean, Jim, I don't know how you avoid it, right? Like, they got to be in the office, and you got to be killing it every day. It's amazing you keep your weight down. Uh-huh. But I, here's what I really want to know. I mean, you've got some really good quarterbacks in the game. Which one did you have the hardest time convincing to come, and which one are you most excited about seeing? Um, I didn't have a hard time getting convinced of any of these guys that, that are here. We had a hard time convincing Jaden Daniels once everyone put, started putting him in the top five of this year's draft, um, which is funny. I was at the Alabama game sitting with a bunch of scouts in the press box, and I turned over the one on my left and the one on my right, and I said, "Which you know, what round do you think Jalen goes in or Jaden goes in? One said third and the other said fourth. Um, I thought that was really low. I thought that was really low at the time, but I still, I mean, and now he wins the Heisman Trophy and there's this meteoric rise. So, um, but Jaden was, but this group, no, all these guys are on, bo- on board. Bo Nix wants to come here and compete. He's actually doing his pre-draft training here with, with Drake May, uh, with a group called QB Country. Michael Penix was a guy that uh, we got a commitment from in early December. He just didn't want us to announce until he was done playing football. Um, so, no, I'm excited to see all these guys. I think Michael Pratt from Tulane, is kind of the under radar guy, maybe not as big a name as a Spencer Rattler or a Joe Milton or a Sam, uh, you know, Sam Hartman, but uh, Michael Pratt to me, Mike, like w- when you and I, I mean, we go way back and it, you go back into the nineties, you know, late nineties when I started scouting, 
quarterbacks that raise the level of, of the program, that's something we mm-hmm. all looked for, right? Like you look for a quarterback yep. that could raise, raise it. And, and that's what Michael Pratt has done. I mean, he went toe to toe with Caleb, Caleb Williams in the cotton bowl last year and beat him. And, and they only lost one, one game at Tulane. So really took a, a struggling Tulane program and, and raised them to new heights. It's kind of like what Brett Favre did when he was at Southern Miss going in and beating Bobby Bowden's Florida state team and going into Tuscaloosa and beating the tide. So um, I think Michael Pratt's going to be a guy as we go through the process, you're going to start hearing his name a, a, a lot more. I think he's an NFL starter. Um, I'm excited to see him go, go through the process. We're speaking with Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl here on the Lombardi line. You know, it's interesting now that the regular season is over and we're deep into the playoffs, we're starting to get all the mock drafts. All the mock drafts are coming out from the NFL draft analysts, and I think they're awesome because it's entertaining content for all of us. But a lot of them have like the Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix in those top 15 picks, top 20 picks. When you speak to people around the league, I'm sure you're going to speak to more of them this upcoming week in Mobile. Does that match what the reality is? Or do people talk about those guys as those kind of top 20 picks or is that maybe just the media being a little bit too high on them? No, I don't, I don't want to, I want to stay away from that. I appreciate the question, but um, no, I think there's teams that have first round grades on those guys for sure. Um, You know, to the mock draft thing. And I I know Mike would be sensitive to this too. If he were, if he were at the senior bowl, the mocks for me are are a real pain because, you know, Dan (laughs) Jeremiah is one of the, is one of the only guys doing a mock draft that's actually earned a paycheck uh, to, to evaluate in the NFL. And so, you know, when Daniel put out his mock first draft last week, he has Byron Murphy from, from Texas is his number 11 player. And I texted him. I'm like, Daniel, we're going to lose that kid now. Like, thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, joking, jokingly. I mean, he, he's, he's only, he's only doing what, what his bosses tell him to do. Um, but I literally got a call one hour later from, from uh, Byron Murphy's agent telling him he can't send him to the senior bowl now. So that stuff, that stuff really works against us. And I know that like, you know, the draft media loves to like get around these players and see these players. Like if we were, if we were all in this thing together and we're not, because I know media companies need clicks, we would hold off until all that stuff. The senior ball rosters would look a lot different um, and they're already great, but they would look different if we didn't do any mocks pre, you know, prior to these guys coming to mobile. So everybody, yeah, and, and, and you know, you're preaching to the choir when you talk about these mocks, especially mocks in January, Jim. I think to me, they are so inaccurate, and I can, and I have kept records of them going back to uh, whenever OneNote started because I just put them in my OneNote file, and I I know how inaccurate they are. But I want to ask you, what is give me the what your view is the best offensive lineman and the best defensive lineman that no one's really talking about that's in your game. Well, I would say the offensive lineman, that's, that's a pretty easy one. And this was a stacked class. My first year here in 2019, we had five first round offensive linemen. I think this group will beat that. Um, but the, the guy I would say is Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma. Cause I think he's the most talented tackle in the draft. Um, you know, we're hearing a lot about Olu Fushano from Penn state and Joe Walt from Notre Dame. And those guys are great players. I'm not knocking them. They're going to be very good pros. But Tyler Guyton's tape, like he just does stuff. Those dudes, those two guys can't do athletically. Reminds me of Tyron Smith when he was coming out of USC, and we we've all seen what Tyron Smith has has turned into. Um, and then on the on the defensive side of the ball, you know, in terms of the pass rushers, our, our top one is Layatu Latu from UCLA. He's in a lot of people's top ten mock top tens, and he's he's stuck with the game to his credit. He wants to show everyone he's better than Dallas Turner from Alabama and, and uh, Jared verse from Florida state and kind of leave no doubt in that area. But, but I'll say in terms of pass rushers, the guy that uh, I'm excited to see down here that, that really is under the radar is a kid from Western Michigan named Marshawn Neeland. Um, he is, he's already got top hundred grades. I mean, most, most people in the league have him in that third round area. So for a Mac level player, um, that's pretty high already. And I just think he's going to keep ascending. He's 270 pounds. He's got really heavy hands. Um, he is a hard charging rusher, all motor. Um, I think he's going to come out of this week and you're going to start hearing more, more second round stuff um, with Marshawn Nealon from Western Michigan. That's interesting stuff. Quarterbacks aside here, Jim, after next week, what do you think is going to be the big discussion? Like, Which position group do you think is going to get the most pub outside of the quarterbacks after we see the practices and all the games? Like, What do you think everyone's going to learn and get excited about? Well, I think everyone gets excited about wide receivers. And, you know, last year our game had seven top 100 receivers. And a lot of those guys had great rookie years. You're talking about, you know, Puka Nakua wasn't even one of those guys. He went in the fifth round. But, you know, the Rashi Rices and the Jaden Reeds and – um 
you know, that it was just a re tank Dell. I mean, we had a great receiver class last year and I think this class is on par with that. Xavier Leggett from South Carolina is a guy that is being mocked in more like second round areas right now that I think he's going to jump a bunch of these juniors that came out that are being talked about more highly. Uh, Lad McConkey from Georgia. I don't think anyone realizes how good this kid is. Um, and then Devontae Walker is another name from North Carolina, big, smooth, fast, vertical threat. Um, Daniel Jeremiah put him in his mock first round somewhere in the twenties. Um, you know, and he missed half the year because of an NCAA transfer waiver thing. So, um, those are some names, but from top to bottom, that receiver crew is pretty loaded. So Jim, the coaching staffs, talk about that a little bit. It's a complete change. We used to get off, used to get complete staffs. Now, how have you broken that down this year? Yeah, Mike, I mean, you and I could probably talk for a couple hours on this topic with, uh, I wasn't happy when the change was made from the league office. I mean, that's part of the tradition of the senior bowl was having the full staff yeah. for 73 years. So wasn't, wasn't happy when that ruling came down, but you know what you, 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 you when you step back from it, and I always try to look at it from a player's perspective or an agent's perspective. Now, rather than just having two teams, you know, at the top of the draft order down here with our players behind the scenes, you know, getting some really valuable Intel on these guys, you know, eating meals with them, driving, taking, taking the bus ride to the practice with them. Um, there's a lot of great takeaways, but instead of two teams, now that's 18 teams. We've got more than half the league involved in our game now. Um, and those guys are going to be, you're going to have individuals with, from all those teams going back to their draft rooms with some, with some great, some great information. So I think it's, I think it is good for our players. It's great for the development of the coaches. I understand why the league wanted to do it. It's kind of a developmental program for these young coaches, but, uh, but yeah, it actually worked great last year. I mean, it's a lot more on our end, like from an operation standpoint, um, but, but it's been a great change. All right. That's awesome stuff. That is Jim Nagy, the Jim, executive director Appreciate of you. the Reese's senior bowl. Jim, good luck next week. We'll all be watching. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Awesome stuff there from Jig Navi. All right, we'll talk more about the coaching matchups for the conference title games coming up next here on the Lombardi Lab. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSIN Daily Newsletter. In today's newsletter, our very own Michael Lombardi writing about the AFC title game. We wrote about the NFC title game earlier in the week. This one has his thoughts on the AFC championship between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Get expert analysis like that and the latest odds delivered straight into your inbox absolutely free. Visit vsin.com slash newsletter to subscribe. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Family of Michael Lombardi. Thank you to Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl, who joined us in the last segment. I tried to get Jim to give us a little, uh, what, what is he hearing about these quarterbacks, Penix and Knicks in particular, but uh, he, he didn't give us the, the, the full layer there. I think there. he's going to let the try. game speak for itself. Yeah. Look, if you're a quarterback, right, and, and if you're Jaden Daniels, you won the Heisman, you know, the rules are set up at the Senior Bowl to where you can only play man coverage, one-on-one, -on -one, or you could play cover three. So the middle of the field is always going to be closed. You don't have to even worry about reading it. There's no split safety coverage. There's no blitzing in the game. There's no blitzing. You don't have to reroute the protection. You don't have to repoint the mic. You don't have to go from 62 to, 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 to some other protection. All you have to do is drop back, read man, read zone, throw the ball where you have to, and hopefully, you know, you make the right read. And it's, so it's a game that makes it easier for the quarterback. It almost hides the quarterback's deficiencies, if you will. And for Justin Herbert, who went down there, it really highlighted that the offense of Oregon at that time was hurting him more than was helping him. And so that's what brought that out of the game. And I remember talking to people who were down in Mobile that week were, were just saying, wow, Herbert, incredible, that you can't see that on tape. Because you end up critiquing, you end up critiquing the, the offense at Oregon as opposed to the player within the offense. And so this game allows you to get away from that a little bit. Which is why it's really cool that they're allowing now underclassmen to partake in this game as well. We have a great crop of senior class quarterbacks still, like I mean, Penix, Knicks. I mean, he's high on on Michael Pratt, the Tulane quarterback. He's mentioned that he's multiple times. We, he said this multiple times. We had times him on now. before, and he'd mentioned Michael Pratt yeah. before. I mean, this is the second time he's mentioned him on our show, Femi. 
that's something to file away for you draft betters out there and just kind of keep an eye on that name there. Just kind of you, you want to file stuff away when it comes to the NFL draft. Somebody who talks to people within the league telling you, hey, Michael Pratt. Maybe we'll be impressed with him throughout this process. All right, let's get back to, to the coaching matchups that we'll see tomorrow in the conference titles game. We were talking about the Harbaugh and the Reed matchup earlier this hour. Let's transition to the NFC where it's Campbell versus Shanahan. And when you look at it on paper, I think these two guys, their approach to in-game decisions couldn't be more opposite. I think the, the book on Shanahan, he tends to be a little bit closer to the vest with some of the fourth down decisions. And Campbell, as we outlined earlier, he's willing to gamble. Uh, how do you see these two guys fitting together? Of course, Shanahan's team a touchdown favorite. Well, let's understand that statement for before we go forward, right? Shanahan realizes if he punts the ball back to you, you know, that his defense, for the most part, is going to give him the ball back. When you have an elite defense, you don't mind punting. You think Parcells minded punting knowing that he had Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks setting the edges? I don't think so, right? He knew he'd get the ball back. Hell, you know, I mean, he got a 10-point lead in games, and he could run the game out because he knew he had such great talent. So, whereas Campbell, I think he takes risk because he knows his defense isn't good, that he knows he has to win the game with his offense. And so there lies the different strategies, I think, of the two gentlemen. And I think that that, that kind of gets mixed. Everything's never put in context. Everything's just brought out as a linear type item. And it's not. It's just not. There are things that happen because of cause and effect. So, you know, this game, to me, both of them have been trained differently. Campbell comes from the Parcell school. You know, Kyle comes from his father, you know, where the offense and runs the game, dictates. You know, now his dad, when his dad was a head coach in Denver, you know, he had Greg Robinson. That was more like a Spagnola style of defense. They took chances. They went after the quarterback, played good sometimes, played poorly others. However, now with Kyle having this kind of defense and he's integrated some of the, the, the diversity within his own defensive framework, it's made him a better team. So, look, I think what the job of the head coach in both the instances will get your team ready and then demand during the game what changes need to be made during the course of the game. And Kyle's very good at adjusting. He's very good at adjusting. And I think both of these guys want to play from in front. I think both guys, when they go to their team meeting tonight, are going to talk about starting fast. Kyle doesn't want to punt on, first, on the first drive of the game. I think he wants to play from in front. And Campbell knows that when this 49er team is forced to play from behind, with the exception of last week, they struggle. What about Campbell as an in-game adjuster? Because like, like you said, a lot of people just talk about the four down decisions with Dan Campbell and like what he does as an emotional leader. But what about as an in-game adjuster? Because in both playoff games, there was times when you watched it that said, oh, the Detroit Lions might be in trouble, whether it was against the Rams or last week against the Buccaneers. Do you come away impressed when you watch some of the adjustments that Dan Campbell makes in-game? Well, I, I think you have to give him complete credit for that. I mean, like, let, let's take the instance last week when when Jamal Dean gets hurt in that game, right? You know, and he goes out. And, you know, I don't know who told them on the sideline, but we need to go after, we need to go after the corner. We need to go after the backup corner there for them. And they did. And they did. They went right after him. They, they made it very clear they were going to win that matchup. And they did. They went after him. And on the key third down, where did they throw the football? They threw the football right at the corner who they knew couldn't cover. And so that's, that's part of being an in-game adjustment. It was McCollum, right? Mm -hmm. They went after McCollum. They went right after him. And that's what, that's what you have to do. To me, that's why you have to watch the game instead of looking at your sheet. You know, when when you when you could tell a corner's tired because he's just run routes or you could tell he's struggling or you could tell that they've had to replace him with the backup corner. I mean, if you don't know the backup corners as the offensive play caller, if you don't know every single detail about the, the second string, you're not a very good coordinator because if one of those guys come in, you know you got to go after them. And then you become reliant on your scheme as opposed to attacking the player. And I think Campbell gets that. I think he has to get that. He spent time around Parcells. I mean, when you spend time around Bill, Bill's going to make sure you know that crap because that's how he's thinking on the sideline. He's watching the game. That's a great role model. That's a tremendous role model to have. And I think it's the same thing with Kyle.
Yeah, both these guys learned from some of the best to ever do it at the head coaching position. So how do you see Kyle's offense going up against Aaron Glenn's defense of the Detroit Lions? Because you mentioned the team most likely to score 40 points, Niners offense. Best unit on the field Sunday in both of these games, Niners offense. Do you just see advantages across the board when you see those two teams, the units, Niners offense versus Detroit defense kind of fitting together? I think the chess match is in the game, right? It's going to come down to what Kyle probably is trying to say. What Kyle likes to do is to stay in the base personnel and force you to stay in the base. And so he's playing against a team like the Lions that are really not a very fast team at linebacker, and the back seven is not very good. So I don't think that Aaron Glenn's going to come out in 21 personnel, which would be Juszczyk on the field, the two receivers, and McCaffrey with Kittle. I don't think he's going to play nickel. I don't think he's going to play base to that. If he plays base to that, then Kyle's going to start throwing the football and really create problems. I think he's going to try to play nickel to that. And if he plays nickel to that, which he should, he gets one of his slower linebackers off the field and gets a nickel player on there. And then I think that's when they're going to see if he wants to hold, if they can hold up in the run game. The key for Glenn is to force Kyle to run the ball, force him to run it, give him run looks to make him run it, and then hope that your tackles, McJones, uh, Aliuyu, and of course McNeil, are able to play the inside run. Because this 49er offensive zone run game, they cut off your defense. They cut it off from the inside out. And if they do that, if they can run against his nickel, which on theory you should be able to do, but sometimes it's harder, then it's going to set a lot of things up. And then what's going to then happen is Aaron Glenn's going to start having to play. He's going to have to go into Rob Peter to pay Paul. He's going to have to try to make some adjustments. And, and I think that's going to be the issue. And so he wants to eliminate the big play and force Kyle to run the ball. That sounds counterintuitive because we know Kyle wants to run the ball. Yeah. But if he, can, if he can play nickel and force him to run and take it away, he's got a much better chance. He's got better athletes on the field to handle it. How about on the other side of the ball, Ben Johnson, the Lions OC against Steve Wilkes, who's been the defensive coordinator for the Niners just this season here. But it feels like they're a little bit different than what we saw under D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala. Well, he's going to go after him. I mean, he he's look, I think at the beginning of the game, he's going to see how his defensive front is playing and matches up. Right. So I think that's going to be the key. Can can they get pressure with four? As I mentioned earlier in the game, I would play the five man line against this team. Yeah. I would get into a five-man line, and I would make the offensive lines, especially, you know, especially the the the. Uh, well, I forget how to say. It. I don't think it'll be Skipper. I think it'll be the other kid, Azuaka, yeah. to play left guard. If that happens, I want to I want to put the best defensive inside rusher Hargrave or Armstead on him and pressure Goff inside. Yeah, that's a banged up interior. I mean, even Frank Ragnar, who's going to play in this game, dealing with a number of injuries, I think a knee and an ankle. I mean, he's tough as they yeah, come. He's going to get, but, I mean, he'll come on. I mean, he's going to get beat up in this game. Yeah. They might be, if they're down two offensive linemen, that's going to put more pressure on Goff. Yep. And we know Goff does not like, like any quarterback, does not like that interior pressure coming at them. They start to get a little bit skittish back there in the pocket. All right. On the other side, we'll break down who will have the most passing yards, most receiving yards, most rushing yards, some props that you need to know coming up next year for conference. Championship Sunday here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Femi Abbafe on VSEN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSEN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. With code VSEN, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the final segment here of the Lombardi line on the Saturday morning. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. I'm hanging out in downtown Las Vegas. It'll be a live bet Saturday after us. Jonathan Von Tobel, Pam Maldonado here on VEASAN. So make sure you stick around for that. Uh, Michael, what are you doing here on this Saturday? I mean, we have no football. We no, no, no NFL to, to digest. What's what's on the menu today? Are you watching anything? You're going out? You're barbecuing? No, what no, are we doing? Uh, I'm not turning that TV on. I got I got to do some writing. I got to do some preparation for some presentations to to a college, and so I, I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. You know, I gotta I gotta get on to the next thing. I think you know if you read any of Steve Pressfield's work about uh, the creative process, about how you have to constantly have a a challenge in front of you. So that that's going to be as the season winds down. I'm not watching bowling. I can promise you that. And so you know, I know there'll be some great college games. I'm just not ready to get into full, full yeah. Ken Palm mode yet. I, I hear you. Um, I, uh, my schedule today will be filled with all sorts of wedding planning stuff. So that's what I have. There you go. Forward to Isn't me. that good? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that good? You should just yeah. ask Stormy for her notes and then just follow along. <laughs> She asked me about it uh, yet last week. She we ran into each other on Monday. She said, oh, "How's it going?" I was like, "It's going great." Although my parents want to keep inviting more and more people, so it's uh, those conversations have been fun. It. Yeah, it's, you know, it's their day too. You know, it you is. get to enjoy it. Oh. I know both my kids. I enjoyed the day tremendously, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of a it's a lot of pride that goes into it. You know, you see your kids are growing up. Yeah, no, it's a, it, it definitely is a day for them as well. And it's obviously like we're looking forward to it. It's in April and everything and all that. And like, that's kind of be where my focus shifts yeah. post football season yeah. and all that. But uh, it, it, be, it's, it's it becomes time. a big milestone for you in your life. Like for me and Millie, you know, as we get older, like we, our youngest granddaughter, she's just turned two. Like I want to be alive to watch her get married. That could be a long time from now, but uh, you know, that's kind of your, your kind of your goal that you use that as a milestone to take care of yourself. 100%. So that's what I'm doing today. And then obviously tomorrow you go. We'll, we'll get to conference championship Sunday. But uh, let's uh, update folks on some of the injury news that we've gotten, though. Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony, Chiefs wide receiver. Oh, my God. <laughs> he hasn't played in a while. He's not going to play? He's not going to play, Michael. I don't know if that, oh what that gosh. does to your numbers. I don't numbers. know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know what he, that does He's probably for you. happy as could be. Yeah. I mean, I, look, if they give the ball to Hardeman in this game, I mean, they're crazy. They deserve to lose. Like, I've seen that. it, you know, like, I've seen enough of Hardeman. Hardeman, I've seen enough. Okay, no. I don't care how fast you run or what you do. I've seen enough. Like, we're not giving you the – this game is too important to believe that you're not going to fumble. Okay, so that – take that one out. But, you know, it's funny. We talk – this prop game. So, Russo and I are now into the prop world because okay. there's only two games left to play. So, you have to play uh, – you have to play props. So, fire away, my man. I've got some here that I like. Well, let's talk about it. Like, this is more from the index prop kind of standpoint here. Most passing yards 
fourth most rushing yards, most receiving yeah, that's yards. That's where I was. There we go. Okay. So most passing yards over at DraftKings. Brock Purdy is the favorite, plus 140. Jared Goff is at two to one. Mahomes, three to one. Lamar Jackson, eight to one. When you look at those numbers, uh, where do you think the value lies in the most passing yards market? Well, I took Purdy for 30 points at over 279 because I think when you break it down, Nick Mullins, 411, 396. Dak Prescott, 360. You know, uh, uh, Matthew Stafford, 359. I mean, 349. And then uh, Baker Mayfield, over 350. So um, there's yards out there. You know, I do think to me, Lamar, I know... We talked about the secondary for the Chiefs being really good, but I think Lamar could have a good day passing because I think there's going to be some matchups he favors. Like I took in, in Russo, I took Odell Beckham over 19 and a half yards yeah. because I think if Zay Flowers is going to get attention, I think Beckham could be the beneficiary. Yeah, and Lamar does like throwing to Odo Beckham. And also, Lamar, we should point out, we haven't discussed this because that's been news that came out early this week. He's getting his favorite pass catcher back in Mark Andrews. Like, that's a big deal right. for Lamar Jackson here. And this right. Ravens team is getting healthier as the most important game of the season. I think that Lamar at 8-1, and I get it, like last game he ran for, ran for about 120 yards, whatever it was, threw for 100-plus yards. So people don't really think about him as like the passer, but – this guy is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You're getting eight to one with other only competing with three other quarterbacks. That to me, just from a value standpoint, makes a whole lot of sense with Lamar Jackson having the most passing yards. But I guess the implication is that they might be in the lead. Maybe they don't pass as much, but maybe they pass to get the lead. You never know. Uh, most rushing yards. McCaffrey, of course, is the favorite. Minus 105. Isaiah Pacheco plus 425. Lamar plus 450. Jameer Gibbs plus 850. David Montgomery 10 to one. Gus Edwards 11 to one. Well, let me see that one again. So we got Gus Edwards. This is the most rushing yards on Sunday. I'm probably going to lean towards Pacheco because I think, as I've mentioned before, they have run the ball. Take that back. Let me go. Let me go. Gus Edwards, 11 to one. Oh, I think Baltimore can run the ball. I think Baltimore can run the football and I think they need to run the ball. And I think that that they're the Chiefs have been prone to a run game. And I think they definitely can run the football. So I would say I'm going to take a shot. That's a long shot right there. Any interest on the Detroit guys, whether it's Gibbs or Montgomery, with the analysis about how, hey, the Niners run defense might be the weakness of that team? Any interest with Gibbs or Montgomery at those prices? No, I think, look, the Niners defense is going to be prepared for what's going to happen, right? So I think there's clearly – they got embarrassed, right? They got embarrassed. And – I think last week, you're going to see a different Niner defense. I think what you're going to see more than anything is a different Niner defensive front. That's what we have to see. And if you're Kyle Shanahan, you could not have been happy with the way we played against Green Bay. Now, the key is going to be, the key is going to be that they were, I think we saw the game last week, right? Nobody mentioned this, but when you watch the tape of the game, Green Bay slipped quite a bit. The field was slippery. It was difficult, uh, you know, and, and you kept have a hard time keeping your footing. It's like when you go play in Lambeau, if you don't wear the right shoes in Lambeau, you're going to have some real issues, right? You're going to mm-hmm. have some real issues. And so I think that's going to be the number one challenge here for Detroit is to make sure, and Campbell will make damn sure they have the right shoes. Remember Sean Payton when he yelled at Mike Bell coming off the field? Oh, what yeah. kind of spikes do you have on? Uh, figured, you know, like he didn't listen to him. So I think to me that's going to be the key here. And if you have the right shoes, you're going to be able to to run the ball. I think Gibbs, and they're going to be prepared for Gibbs running the ball. Yeah, no, that's such an underrated thing. Like we don't really talk about that leading up to games, and all of a sudden you turn it on, and guys are slipping and sliding all over the field. Like, like that's such an underrated thing. Like you got to wear the right spikes to the you can handle the conditions out there in the Bay Area. Most receiving yards, the favorite is Brandon Ayuk after what CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Puka Nakua, Mike Evans, what those guys did to Detroit's defense. It makes sense that Ayuk would be the favorite plus 225. Amon Ross St. Brown plus 260. Travis Kelsey plus 750. Rishi Rice plus 800. Debo Samuel 12 to 1. Zay Flowers 18. Laporta 20. Josh Reynolds 25. And Mark Andrews at 30 to 1. Yeah, this is an interesting one here. You know, I mean, obviously, Ayuk's going to get the ball. I don't see McCaffrey up there. I took McCaffrey, his prop of over 36 and a half yards in the Russo contest. I, I love that. I think he's going to have – I think he is going to get the football quite a bit, right? I think he's going to get the football quite a bit. So, you know, to me, if I had a look at this one, 
the I might go with Flowers because he could have two or three big plays at 18 to 1 that could make a huge difference. If they engage in man-to-man, one thing is when you engage in man-to-man and you miss the tackle and you don't get the guy on the ground, it's a big play. We saw this happen before. Our producer Elliot just told me Christian McCaffrey most receiving yards on Sunday, 45 to 1. So if you want yeah. a, if you want a long shot, a big bomb to root for, McCaffrey at 45 yeah. is definitely a guy. Yeah, I mean, look, I think he's going to get the ball because, again, if they're in base and they get to, and they play nickel, right, you know, there, there's going to be some – these linebackers are str- will struggle to cover McCaffrey. They're going to have to have the right matchup on him in the passing game. I, I think Kyle will take advantage of it. There's not a whole lot of value there on the Ayuk number at plus 225. If anything, because like, I think Ayuk is going to have a big game, but everybody does. The market thinks so, too. You just, I think you just bet some of like the Ayuk 100-plus receiving yards or maybe Ayuk 2-plus touchdowns, something like that. If you want to get invested with Brandon Ayuk, you're probably going to get around the same payout and not have to worry about whatever the other games are going on and all of that stuff there. So uh, I do think that he'll have a big game as McCaffrey. McCaffrey over receptions. I think that's one I'm going to actually bet there that you recommended for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, real quick here before we go, did you see some of the look ahead lines for the Super Bowl based on some of the matchups. If we get Niners Ravens, Niners will be one and a half. If we get Niners Chiefs, Niners two and a half, Ravens Lions three and a half in favor of Baltimore, and then Lions Chiefs would be three in favor of Kansas City. Didn't the, didn't the Ravens beat the Lions like 38 to three? That line would only be three and a half. I would bet it if that was the line. Oh my God, I think that would get jumped right away, right? I think that would get and and the fact that the the, the Chiefs are just our four point dog, and they would only be a two and a half to ball to to uh, San Francisco. That seems a little out of whack to me. Yep, seems a little off there. But things might change based on what we see yeah. tomorrow. All right, that does it for us here on the Lombardi line. Michael, enjoy Saturday. And we'll see all the games coming up on Sunday, buddy. Thank you, Femi. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.